Well, good morning, guys. It's great to see you out there. Today, he is risen. And when they went to the tomb, the angel said, why are you at the tomb? Why do you search for the living amongst the dead? He is not here. He is alive. And Jesus is alive. See, no matter where you're at today, there's hope. The resurrection always means hope. Whatever Friday you're facing right now, just like Jesus had a Friday, Sunday is always on the way. If you know Jesus, you got a Sunday. That's good news. That should be good news. Because a lot of you guys are stuck on Friday. There's some of you who don't even know Jesus, and you're facing all kinds of things in your life. But when you know Jesus, you know that Sunday is always on the way. You no matter what's going on in your life, that Sunday is on its way. First Timothy says, for we are not those without hope. Even in death, we have hope. And here's how Timothy, Paul defines it to Timothy. Why do we have hope even in death? Because Jesus rose from the grave. You see, the resurrection is the very definition of hope. He's the risen king, the slain and risen lamb. Here's a few synonyms for hope. Expectation, trust, confidence. Hope always says it's not the end of the story. You may be here today and you're like, man, it's the end of the story for me. No, it's not because he rose from the grave. You see, it looked like the end of the story for Jesus, right? On Friday, everything looked dark. Think of the opposite of hope. To be hopeless is to have no expectation, to not trust. Listen to some of the opposite words for hope. Despair, distrust, fear, discouragement, disbelief. And that's where some of you are this morning. See, sometimes on Friday, it doesn't seem like he's here. Sometimes our circumstances on Friday say, God, where am I? Where are you? Where are you? But when we catch the resurrection, it assures us of a future that Sunday is on the way, that pain may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And just like the song that we sing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow and I can face today. See, in the resurrection, I know my future is greater than my present pain. In the resurrection, I know my future is greater than my present pain. You see, Jesus has gone before us. He ran his race. He fought the good fight. And he endured the cross. He endured his Friday. And it says we also have a race to run. We also must pick up our cross and follow him. You have a purpose. You have a race to be run. And Jesus sets the example for us to follow. He ran the most excellent of races. He's called the forerunner, the trailblazer, the pioneer. Hebrews gives us a picture of what I'm talking about. It says this in Hebrews, and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who went before us as the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, the joy set before him. You see, there was something that Jesus saw that helped him to endure because of what he saw, the joy set before him, it says he's scorning the shame. He scorned the shame of the cross, and he sat down at the right hand of God. You see, here's the deal this morning. Each of us has a race to run just like Jesus did. But somewhere along the way, you feel like giving up. You feel like throwing in the towel. You feel like laying down and crying at that mountain, at the foot of that mountain that won't move. Overwhelmed. 
You see, if we're going to follow Jesus in life, we're going to have difficulties along the way. Jesus had incredible difficulties. And if we're going to be victorious in running the race, we're going to have to learn to think like Jesus, who in the midst of the worst suffering was able to focus on a future goal, something positive in his future, and he endured because of that. And as a result of putting his focus on a promise that the Bible calls the joy set before him. You see, if we don't learn to think like Jesus, who for the joy set before him was able to endure the worst day that any human being has ever experienced, we won't have hope and we'll fall into the devil's trap and we'll have fear and anxiety for now and for the future. So what's the nature of hope? Hope begins by believing that there's something better in your future. If it was right now, it wouldn't be hope. If it was genie in the bottle and it just appeared before you, that's not hope. Romans 8.24 says, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? You see, hope begins and ends with a thought, a reality that there is something better in my future. And if I endure, God will reward me in my future. That's the nature of hope. And that Jesus, even though he was having to endure the cross itself and despising the shame on Friday, Jesus wasn't thinking about Friday. He was thinking about Sunday. That's his secret. He dies on Friday. He's resurrected on Sunday. And on Friday, he wasn't thinking about Friday. He was thinking about the joy set before him. By the way, on your race, you're going to experience challenges, setbacks, discouragements, things that are going to bend you down if they haven't already done so. And you have an enemy. And the enemy's discouragement is his main weapon against the children of God. Anytime you're trying to do anything meaningful for the Lord, when you're trying to turn back to the Lord, the devil is going to try to discourage you and keep you from doing it. It's just a constant barrage of discouragement. And as, I, as believers, I think it's one of the things we have to overcome. See, the way Satan does this, the way he traps us, is into what's called photographic thinking. Thinking of, of doing a selfie. You know, you catch a moment in time in your life. Something happens in your life. See, phot photographic thinking is the kind of thinking that the devil comes to us at a time in our life, at a really low point in our life, and he takes a snapshot of where we are right now, and he convinces us that that's our final point. This is it. That's our Friday, and we're never going to get past it. Here's an example. He takes a picture of your kids in the moment they're acting bad, and he comes to us, to parents, and he says, well, basically, you have a future criminal on your hands. I know he's six years old, but he's already broken, you know, two, have two misdemeanors and a felon on his, you know, charges. And he says, you're terrible parents. You're just like your mom and dad. Why don't you just give up? Just let him do whatever he want. Or maybe in your marriage. He comes in at a bad time in your marriage. Maybe you've split up. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe something in the past. A great difficulty in your marriage. And he says, see, that's it. And he rubs it in your face and says, that's over. It's it. You might as well leave. It's never going to be good. He tries to trap you in the moment so you can't see joy on the other side. He traps you in the moment when your health is at its worst, when your finances are bad, when you can't make ends meet, when your children aren't following Christ, when you're going through a difficult time in your business or a job change, when you can't feel or sense him on your Friday. 
Satan comes to you. The devil uses photographic thinking to discourage us and get us negative. That's what he does. He just plasters those snapshots all over our faces. And he tries to convince us that there's nothing good on the other side. He wants you to look at the future through the lens of what's going on today. And it's called a spirit of fear. The Bible in 1 Timothy says this. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You see, a spirit of fear says your future is even worse than your present. See, here's the second trap that Satan gets us in. If he can't convince you that it will never get better today with those snapshots, he wants you to see everything worse in your future, worse in your marriage, worse in your finances, worse with your addictions. That's thinking in fear terms. It's a spirit of fear. He doesn't want you to think there's a solution to the problem. He doesn't want you to think that Jesus is with you. He doesn't want you to think you can make it through the worst hurt you've ever experienced in your life. And he doesn't want you to think God is still in control. This is it. This is my Friday. It's over. Now let me show you the other way of thinking. Resurrection thinking. And this in no way denies what I'm going through right now. It realizes the difficulties I'm in today. But it says it's difficult right now, but I have a promise from God. And it's going to be okay. I struggle with that at times, but I'm believing that what God says is greater than my circumstances. Tomorrow is going to be okay because God's going to be in my tomorrow. And you know what? He's in my today. And God is greater than my heart and my feelings. And he can handle me when it's hard. And he can comfort me when it's painful. That's full thinking. That's resurrection thinking. You see, photographic thinking is incomplete. It only looks at current circumstances, but it denies the power of God. It denies the reality of God. It denies his miracle working. It denies his grace and mercy and his sovereignty. Let me put it this way. Reality minus God equals fear and discouragement. Reality minus God equals fear and discouragement. But God's way of thinking, resurrection thinking, it's just like the 12 spies that went into the promised land. They had a promise to conquer. Ten came back out and said, well, we can't take the land because there's giants there. But two, Joshua and Caleb said, yes, there are giants there, but God promised he'd make them our lunch. They see a big God over their giants. It's like my grandma. When I was three, she died of terrible cancer. But I have a book that survives that when she was on her cancer bed that says, he is with me through the valley of the shadow of death and he will always be with me. Her Sunday was coming. Yes, I understand I have problems. Yes, I understand that just as Jesus said, in this world we will have trouble. Yes, I understand that in Acts, it says through many trials and hardships we will enter the kingdom. But I know, but I know, he's working all things for good for those who belong to Jesus Christ, who are called according to his purpose. I understand that there's problems in my family, that there's problems in my health. But I will not deny that God's not working too We walk by faith, not by sight. Listen, listen to this. The devil's going to come. There's going to be a Friday in your life if it already hasn't happened. There's going to come a time that he's going to trap you in a dark moment and shove it in your face. Well, everything that God says is a lie. You are foolish to believe. Look what happened. You have doubt? Oh, he surely has given up on you now. 
But when the devil says that, you say, devil, here's the deal. I declare that God has spoken to me, and it's the truth. I stand on his word. I stand on the specific words he's given me. I stand on the finished work of Christ. I will not give up on God's will for my life because Jesus is alive. And that same power that rose Christ from the dead now lives in me. By the way, Holy Spirit, the power that lives within you, he's the one that breaks up photographic thinking. It says the anointing of the Spirit of God breaks the yoke of slavery. The Holy Spirit comes to tell us of things to come. In John it says that. He gives a vision of the future. In other words, he helps us to see beyond the moment. You see, the devil wants you stuck in a moment, but the Holy Spirit wants you free in the moment. Holy Spirit is the spirit of encouragement. If it's discouragement, it's from the devil. If it's encouragement, it's from the Holy Spirit. He says, I have a plan for you. And nothing you've done has spoiled that plan. And there's nothing the devils can do to you that I can't undo. The Spirit says, let me show you the joy set before you. By the way, when it says the joy set before Jesus, this is what it means. It means Jesus was looking into the unseen realm on Friday. Remember Friday, everything seemed dark. Satan had his way with Jesus. Everything was mocking Jesus. But the joy set before him is what Jesus looked to. And it's referring to a promise that Jesus had. Let me show you the promise. It's really cool. It's in the Psalms. It says this. This is the promise Jesus quoted before the cross in verse 10. It's found in Psalms and it's found in Acts. You see, this was written thousands of years before him by David. David got a glimpse of the risen king. David got a glimpse of the crucified king. Listen to what it says. This is the promise he had before the cross. You will not leave my soul in Sheol. This is Jesus talking to the Father before the cross. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption in the grave. You will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's like you saying, Father, you've guaranteed I've got a Sunday. And it may look really painful right now on Friday, but I believe because of the joy set before me. Don't you know that before the cross, Satan was mocking Jesus as he did in every other way? Well, your father's going to abandon you. You're going to be crucified thinking you're the savior of the world. And they're going to put you in that tomb and you're going to stay there. Your father's not going to bring you out. Your, buddy's, your body is going to rot in that tomb. And Satan is having his way with the son of God as he's being nailed to the cross. And the devil is hammering Jesus, trying to get him to believe that Friday is his death day. And there's nothing beyond that. And Jesus quotes a promise from his father. You will not leave my soul in shield. You will not allow my body to see corruption. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And that's where I'm going. And at your right hand, Father, are pleasures forevermore. And that's the joy I'm keeping before me. He had a promise from the father. So we've got to learn to be a promise people and pick up the God, pick up the word of God and war with it on our Friday. We can't let our problems overwhelm us and cause us to doubt. We are a people of hope. We always know Sunday is coming. Sunday is on its way. The resurrection power of Christ lives in me. Does he live in you? Do you have hope this morning? 
Where are you at? Are you stuck on Friday? Does the devil have you stuck on a Friday in bitterness and rage and anger? Is he deceiving you about who the father truly is? Because that's his job. Is he accusing you? Is he hammering you with discouragement? Can you walk out this door and say, I belong to Jesus? Can you walk out here today and say, I have hope because I know Jesus? Because whatever happens in my life, I know he holds my future in his hands. I know that I can run the race with endurance. See, some of you today, you just need to know Jesus. He is hope. He is the hope you need right now. And so what I wanted you to do, I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes. I want everybody participating right now. If you bow your head, close your eyes. In the scriptures, Paul wrote, he said, today is the day of salvation. Salvation is a free gift from God. There's a problem. It's called sin. And that sin problem is you. You've sinned and your sins put Jesus on the cross. But he willingly did it because he loves you. And the joy set before him, he saw you with the Father. He saw you in heaven. That's why he went to the cross, to have you. No matter what your sins are, today they've been washed by the blood. Ask forgiveness of your sins and come to Jesus. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And you can just pray this quietly where you're at. You don't have to pray it out loud. There's nothing magical about it. But if today you don't have hope, if you don't have Jesus, I want to give you that chance right now to give your life to the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. It's a free gift. Salvation is free. He freely pardons you. He freely forgives. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I just ask you to come into my heart today. Forgive me for all my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon me. Give me everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen.